0: A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what you're talking about, any conversation is not for nothing. Hello, I'm Kyle Leon Henderson and welcome to Not For Nothing, the podcast where I bring you all the conversations I'm having on a daily basis or the conversations I want to have. And today I have with us again, Florent Cognac, filmmaker extraordinaire. Hello. Bonjour. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good day. Well, I... I'm i excited to have you back. For one thing, your girlfriend has been on the show twice. And now you've been on the show twice. So now I'm just, I'm creating drama in a false competition to see who can come on first next. It'll probably be you because your girlfriend's far too busy. <laughs> um, but I've been thinking about something lately. And um, hold on, I'm going to pause. So I've been thinking about something lately because you have done something you're not aware of for me. You've been inviting me to the movies a lot lately. Do you realize that? That's right. (laughs) Um, And you and Michelle, your girlfriend, friend of the show, have, you're always astonished when me and Ethan tell you that we didn't see a certain movie or we don't go to the movies very often. But the thing is, um, we were very poor for a long, long time. And so going to the movies was just a luxury we couldn't afford. And now we're at a place where we can go to the movies, but it's just not part of our part, you know, not part of our normal routine, but you and Michelle, you go to the movies at least once a week. That's right. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So it got me to thinking because you're, you're a filmmaker, you're a director and writer and by proxy a producer because you have to, uh, because you have your fingers in everything when you're a filmmaker, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I got to thinking about the way you create art versus the way you consume art. Okay. And I'm just curious, you know, how that relates to one another. So you, I know that you have, you, you have interest in making different movies, but what, what would you say your main, like, priority towards making movies would be? Like, what is the, like, if I were to say, here's, here's a load of cash, go make a movie, what would you, what would be your first pick of a movie to make? Ooh, tough question. Um, Well, it it just
1: first of all, it just depends of the uh, the ideas that I have. Uh, I mean, so I always walk with a notebook with me, right? Mm -hmm. And then I always write them down if I have any ideas or anything that I felt that I think is like worth um, um, working on. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, usually, it kind of depends of what. Uh, what mood I am in, meaning that, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the year, we get to the end of the year, I could be more in like in a spooky mode. Yeah. And I'm more, more, I, I feel like I want to try to do more um, like um, more like horror yeah. stuff. And then, usually during the summer, I'm more like action adventure <laughs> type of-ish. So
0: that's what I would tend to more uh, work on. So throughout the calendar year, you just start projects to, to, that are going to come to fruition at some point yeah. based on your mood. That's interesting. And do you find that the way that you go to the movies and the movies you want to see, uh, do you tend to go see the movies and watch the TV shows that are sort of in the same vein of the things you want to make? Or do you watch things that are just totally different and off the wall? Um, well,
1: it depends on two things. The first one is uh, it depends on my girlfriend.
0: <laughs> um, do y'all have very different tastes at times yes and no yes she is more attracted to dramedies mm-hmm. uh, than me
1: but um everything that she watched i end up saying wow that was really good right so at the end of the day we uh, i'm more uh, attracted to mm-hmm. sci-fi or adventure movies yeah but um everything that she makes me watch is yeah. something that i end up saying it was really good thank you
0: I cuz for me I am I'm an improv actor and my whole desire is to make people laugh. Yeah. But when it comes to watching TV and watching movies, I really love high drama and suspense. Yeah. Um and sort of shows that keep you on your toes, that they throw you a curveball. I love when you think when you think the story's going in one direction and then they it just takes clever writing that I don't think I would even have the capacity to do. Well, yes, to to just throw a curveball and change the whole story. So that's what I gravitate towards in a lot of ways. And it's and what really what started me thinking about this is um, when I introduced you, being French, you didn't really have a lot of the classic American television growing up. I introduced you to *I Love Lucy* and Lucille yeah. Ball and. What was your what were your thoughts about that? Because that's so that is so that's television, not movies. That's comedy, not drama or suspense or horror. And it's and even if it were a comedy you were to want to make, it's nothing like the comedies you would make today because that's just worlds apart for you know sixty years ago. Well, so that's what I was about. I uh, also to
1: say like a thing that I usually do when I want about to watch something, but mm-hmm. uh, I need to absorb. Is I would try to. First, discover something that don't already know. Yeah, uh, because it's always easy to rewatch something that mm-hmm. you already know because you you know what to expect, right? Yeah, you know, the journey that these characters are about to take. So, I like trying new things and to uh, be more specific, when we watched Lucy together, which I never heard of before, it was. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to watch what was popular at the time. And funny enough, what still works today. Yeah. Um, the joke still hits. Um, mm-hmm. The context, you know. And even if it's um, very easily uh, 50, to 70 years old now, mm-hmm. when you watch the episodes in black and white, um, the rhythm is still the same. Comedy. Yeah. That doesn't change
0: that much. Yeah. It's interesting how that is so true. being Because improv which is what i do was was sort of made popular in the 1940s um Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of there's a lot of elements in that in the old television shows um and it's interesting because france has a really big uh improv community Mm -hmm. that i guess if you're not in improv you just don't know to think about improv <laughs> in, more important um
1: if you're not an actor usually when you want to be a, an actor in french uh, mm-hmm. in france um you, you get to start as being an improv actor really yeah
0: oh wow i didn't i didn't realize that because a lot of people don't want to start that way they like they just don't like improv if it doesn't have a script if you don't have they don't people just don't like being left out there without any kind of guidepost. Yeah. They don't like to be their own their own you know navigator through a scene. So I find it interesting because Lucy was really the first national nationwide television show, mm-hmm. and you can see how every television show in a comedy they took their cues from either a sh- either from that show yeah. or from a show that took their cues from that show. Do you find that to be interesting because? the reason I'm asking this is because I've watched you watch Lucy and you can pick out where the story's going before it goes there. But then, and I'm thinking, well, he's just very good at at filmmaking. He knows how to build a story even on the small screen. But then when, when it gets there, you've already predicted it, but then you lose your mind laughing at it at the same time and that just that's credence that it's it's good writing good acting it's good production. Mm-hmm. Um do you find that you do that in the same way with films as well? Do you watch old films and sort of see know the the etymology of filmmaking and know where, you know, where you're going to go based on what was true at the beginning and what's true today?
1: Well, yeah, you know, um, we always say that when you want to be a writer, you get to read, Mm -hmm. right? So, you want to be a filmmaker, you get to watch movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for me, it's entirely true. And when I watch Lucy, even if I kind of of predict um, how, you know, something is going to happen, it's just because it's well-built. Yeah. You know, you set a joke up, and then you do the joke after. Yeah. That's how you make it funny. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it won't be funny if it's just happened. Right. So...
0: Well, and it's it's interesting because you your sense of humor it it doesn't match with the art you make sometimes and I love that because mm-hmm. uh, because you it really is a job for you in a, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. making film and you're able to put that off you know take that hat off at the end of the day when we're going to dinner or something and you're just you just bring your personality through that and that's mm-hmm. that's interesting. What is something that you love love watching but you would never in a million years even dare to try to make a movie like that or make a television show if that was ever something you were going to do or ooh, um, something I love to watch
1: uh, well there's a lot of Classic movies that I love, and but I know I would never do mm-hmm. as a good job as you know what was already made, right? Um, For instance, well, so one of the thing uh, that I love to watch recent movie is uh, the um, latest uh, Blade Runner movie. mm Hmm. Very yeah. good,
0: but it has. But you a- never really want to make a movie like that.
1: I would like to do a sci-fi, but not like that. It has such a unique um, Mm -hmm. uh, rhythm and uh, uh, tempo. The movie is a very slow movie. I'm uh, I love watching it, and I'm obsessed with the movie. But I just Mm -hmm. I won't ever be able to make a movie like that because it has. It's a very slow movie, but not too slow. Mm -hmm. Because meaning that if it would be a tiny bit longer in every scenes, I would. I would, I would lose it. I would not watch the rest of the movie. Right, but it's right there. That uh-huh. hold me in the movie. Well,
0: and that's I guess that's that's the successful part of the the filmmaking. Yeah, like that exact same pace with any other director might just be totally flat, yeah. not interesting at all. But it takes a special eye to to know how to pace that way and make it great. Or, you know, sometimes it's the opposite problem when they pace too fast and you're, you're skimming over the story and not really taking the moment to let it set in. And, you know, yeah. Do you think about that when you're filmmaking the way that the audience is going to absorb it?
1: Yeah. Well, that's the first thing, but I'm one of the first thing when I I work on a script, I'm writing a script is, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm doing this for this journey. I want to tell that story. Right. But, But then I'm like, okay, when I get to a directing seat, um, I'm usually trying to say, okay, uh, what do I want to convey for the audience? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I want them to laugh here.
0: Yeah, how am I gonna achieve that? Mm-hmm.
1: That's usually what I go through,
0: and that's hard. That's really hard because me doing my, making my work in comedy, when you're rehearsing and when you're writing comedy, mm-hmm. by, by you know, by the time you've got it completed, you've read that joke so much, or you've worked out that bit so much that it's no longer funny to you at all. So it takes a an, a good eye to know to to separate yourself from the absorption of it as the creator and also to still see it from a fresh perspective as the audience will see it. And you can tell sometimes that people don't they they've beaten the joke to death in the writing room and they fell flat at the execution. Yeah. So or or the you know the sentimental part of it sometimes you want to touch somebody's somebody's heart and and you know pull at their heartstrings and make them sad but that's that's the beauty of filmmaking i think the humanity of it so yeah i agree i want to take you back where did you where did you start where where did you start with wanting to be a filmmaker Ooh. uh okay so we have to go back to
1: 2006. I was and you were 10 then, right? I was 11, 11. Um, but uh, actually even before that was it 2004? I think it was 2004. I was eight. Mm. Um, eight or nine. And what happened is uh, I got to uh, when I was a kid, I get I, I went mm. to the hospital uh, for three weeks and mm-hmm. the doctors couldn't uh, tell what I had. I was yeah. in pain um and uh, nobody was wasn't sure if i could make it out or not Mm -hmm. i mean it was it was very scary for me i don't remember much i think i yeah i kind of erased those memories but what i remember is uh, between the pains and all of that, I was, um, the, the doctors were trying a lot of, uh, operations because what I had, I had something in my, some sort of like, uh, bowl of, um, in my liver, meaning that my liver couldn't process the food yeah. I was eating.
0: And it, it had this thing that started to grow more and more because my liver couldn't do its job. So yeah. anyway, because it filters out the toxins of your body is what the Correct. liver does. And if your liver can't function, your body is just a toxic. Correct. Organism, so so. that's right. So
1: because of that, they took a while to figure out. And usually, it's funny enough uh, that happens only to older people. And I had this, and I was like the first. So I had to flew in doctors from all over the
0: globe to Mm -hmm. actually study me. Oh wow! Um, Yeah. So So you're in medical journals somewhere, probably. I uh, yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) That's Um, interesting. So I could go to the Library of Congress or somewhere. I could Google something and read about your case but i'm sure your name is not used but yeah that sounds right um <laughs> but yeah
1: so i had to change hospital multiple times i went to, oh, wow. to
0: biggest city because
1: the doctors were coming in mm-hmm. uh, and all of that did um, you wind up in paris no but i went to lyon oh um, yeah so it's like one of the five biggest city right mm-hmm. in france um and then i had american doctors coming and all that yeah. to study me and then figure it out Anyway, um, while I was during these three weeks, a lot of family friends came to see me, Mm -hmm. and at the time, uh, since I was a kid and I was spending a lot of time there in and out, right, sleeping or being just in my bed waiting, um, a lot of my friends offered me uh, VHS Mm -hmm. cassettes uh, of movies. And um, before that, I was my parents would not necessarily allow me to watch a lot of movies. It was more I was very creative because I always loved playing mm-hmm. with Legos and invent stories, but I was not watching much movies. Yeah. And then since I had three weeks in my hands to do nothing except being in a bed and watch TV, mm-hmm. they brought me cassettes and they would play me um, lots of movies. Yeah, so what are the, some of the movies that stuck one out? Of the, uh, one of the ones I remember watching the most was um, um, uh, Atlantis from Disney.
0: Oh, the cartoon.
1: Yes. That's one of the
0: most beautiful cartoons I've ever seen. Well, I love, and it's an adventure uh, uh-huh. story. So, and yeah. there's a, and there's it's a reason It's beautiful that and I love the adventure. It. I love, that's one mm-hmm. of my favorites. It's a dark horse of Disney. I, yeah. Like, I think they didn't do marketing well because it didn't do as well as it probably should have. Yeah. But, um, so I remember watching this a lot. Um, Monster Inc. is another one. Anyways, a lot mm. of,
1: uh, and then, um, the Beethoven movies. Oh yeah, um, I love that. With the dogs and all that. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so I've been watching a lot, and then past that, when I recovered, um, I I feel like I wasn't the same as I came out. And I and I remember having this conversation with my mom later down because I mm-hmm. I used to be before that kind of like a big yeah. uh, study guy. Like I was studying a lot. I was. If I can Oh, so say. you were
0: a good student too. I
1: was, and then. I still made it through my, you know, the rest of my uh, studies and all that. But I feel like after past that event that I had for three weeks, I was watching lots more movies, even if mm-hmm. my parents were not serious, uh, um, saying yes to. Yeah. And
0: uh, and then it pushed me later down the road to do an internship into a movie theater yeah. because of that. So what was it about it that just was like in that in that three weeks you were sort of, sort of, imprisoned in this hospital room, and you had that was your entertainment what 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 struck you about it that was like that that's what i want to do
1: well at the time i didn't necessarily know but i was after that um i was always in my uh in my head i was daydreaming a lot more mm-hmm. um imagining stories yeah uh, that i would merge between two vhs cassettes or mm-hmm. picturing myself from living some adventures somewhere else so i was I was I was daydreaming a lot. Yeah,
0: um, it's interesting you said too that you were you were always playing with Legos and creating stories and building worlds. Um, I have something similar in that. It's assumed that like little gay boys play with Barbie dolls with you know whatever, and I did. I played with my sister, not far longer than I should have, but with more much more gusto than okay. most boys would have with playing with Barbies and stuff and. You know, and I told my sister that I I said, you know, it's interesting. I can look back to that time where we were dressing up the dolls and making out these whole stories. And I said, that wasn't me embracing my feminine side. That was me embracing my creative side of Mm -hmm. making the stories. I said, little did I know. I wish I could go back to that little kid who was five years old playing with Barbies and be like, listen, this is what you're going to do for a living. So enjoy this because... Mm -hmm. These Barbies don't talk back to you. <laughs> People true. on set will. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. That that's how it just sort of goes that way. That we you find the way to need to create, and then I guess is that what happened? You saw that it just sort of clicked. You've always created, and then you're like, oh, that that that's what I need to create.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, after that, I was like daydream a lot. Uh, and then when I got to 14, uh, when I went, uh, to that, uh, to my school and I was, so I was 14, we had to take an internship. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, I was just curious. I was like, okay, what if I try in a movie theater to kind of mm-hmm. see what it is all about? Um, and so I had the chance to get an internship for only three days. Um, uh, but mm. in movie theater near where I'm from, like
0: in the in the cinema house, yeah. running the movies. Yeah, correct. Ah. Um, yes, yes, in the movie theater. Yeah. At that time, were they still using the, the reels? That's right. That's right. And mm. so
1: uh, I got there, uh, and I remember it was for three days, mm-hmm. but I was there for a week. Um,
0: <laughs> they're like, Flo, you're done. You can go yeah, home." Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't really
1: tell them that. I was like, "No, I got to be back for more." And I just so you kinda, just kept coming back. I just I just stayed uh, more days because I was just so curious. So we kind of knew it was over, but yeah. I just love so I, what what I was doing is I was just, if they had a room where they mm-hmm. would like uh, put all of the film together because what yeah. happened is at the time you receive this big film which is a movie in V F two yeah put they, it together you had pieces. to buy
0: the film yeah as a movie theater that's right. on huge reels they used to you know that's right and, and how many reels were there so the for movie, one movie
1: so for an hour and a half. Um, uh, the movie would be in, would be in like uh, three or four pieces. Yeah, so you would have to the morning before so the first screen.
0: So in France, movies only gets released every Wednesday. Right. So every- the reason I asked that is because being a, a Lucy Lucille Ball historian, that was famously what she did. She was the queen of the two reelers, meaning yeah. the B picture cuz i guess in the in the old days they would have the big feature like gone with the wind or the wizard of oz and then they would do a little baby story that was like half the half the length mm-hmm. black and white usually comedy and then they would do a cartoon as well yeah. like they, you just have a whole like day of going to the movies to watch stuff yeah. for like 10 cents <laughs> wow <laughs> so so that's why and i always think of the two reelers and i'm like well how many reels are a feature film but you're saying it's like four well yeah so, so
1: because they would ship it like that mm-hmm. because otherwise it's too big and then the morning before uh so wednesday mornings that's why mm-hmm. they would like assemble the movies and then put the uh, yeah. uh, commercials in front of it and all that so i i get fascinated so you've with done that. all that yeah yeah, really. Oh, I, wow. I had to experience that. It was fantastic. Uh, and so for three days I was like helping them, taking lots of notes about how they do that, especially in film. Mm-hmm. And then I was that was in two thousand nine and it was right when Avatar yeah. got released. And so I had the chance to experience that and experience mm-hmm. the first projection in uh digital. Yeah, that they went I from remember that. film to hard drives. Mm-hmm. Um, I rem- was mind- correct boring. me
0: if I'm wrong, because I, I seem to remember that because I remember I was in college. Um, that was when I just moved back to Alabama and we went to see Avatar in theaters. And I, I feel like I remember uh, James Cameron making like a whole big thing about he's going digital. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, not having it. They're like, that's not the way we do film, but it is today. Yeah, Like, I mean, because we were like, oh, I can either I can have these like heavy, huge reels of four, you know, four big blocks of things to put on a reeling machine or yeah. whatever. Or I can just... By a jump drive. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, which do you prefer well, as a filmmaker?
1: Well, but this is the thing, though. Even if you film a film on film. Yeah. Right? Uh, and you can still put in a hard drive.
0: Right. And, you know, just convert it. This today, there's, well there's possibilities for that. Do you is there still? I mean, this is getting a little off topic, but are there still people who will film on film today, or is yeah. it pretty much the the standard for filmmaking is digital? Well, so there's a lot of there's a lots of directors that still film on film,
1: mm-hmm. but then when it comes to with the studio, I guess agreements and all that. When it comes to yeah. showing to the theaters, they just put in a hard drive because it's just way easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, the weight of uh, what it used to be it was just so heavy. Well,
0: and two. Warner brothers have famously had a a fire where they lost a lot of their properties, Mm -hmm. uh, because the film 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 is very flammable. (laughs) So (laughs) it just burst into flames and like Dr. Who, which is one of my favorite shows they had, there's like 93 episodes missing because they've just misplaced the the stuff or it, or moths eat, ate, ate it, you know, June bugs or whatever. Um, We'll just eat it. I mean, you just you can't keep it safe in the way that you can on digital because it just lives, I guess, yeah, wherever digital lives. <laughs> but um that's interesting. So yeah, Um so you started. Well, how old were you when you started doing your internship at the movie theater? I was fourteen. Fourteen. So you started at fourteen. So you have you have a little, a little bit of an interesting story because you know you always hear like. The interesting stories, like Steven Spielberg, who famously like started making films very early, and he was buying the the camera, yeah. and you know who's he was a filmmaker. Um, but you have you have a story like that too, where <laughs> you 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 lied about your internship so you could just keep going back to the movie theater <laughs> Well, <yes. laughs> to work behind the scenes. Well, it was
1: more just because I love to see, I, I wasn't necessarily doing anything. I was yeah. just more
0: like, I love
1: going back to, to that room where mm-hmm. they would set up the film and like launch the machine. They would like, oh, i right. had a whole system. I just love that. So every time I would go to movies or every mm-hmm. time I would have time to go back to that theater between yeah. after school and going home, I would just stop by the theater say hi because i would knew everybody and yeah. then i would go up to that room and then just see the projectionist, the, mm-hmm. the guy if we would do do that and i would just say hi and watch him do stuff and then for mm-hmm. uh, so instead of three days i just yeah i was i was doing
0: that for a whole week that's so interesting the way that you did that because um because for me i had totally different perspective and i don't know why like you i i I wish I had known then what I know now, but you you operate with what you operate with, because I have talked about on the show before. My very first memory in all of my life was watching I Love Lucy with my my grandmother, mm-hmm. and I got pretty depressed at times in high school because you know being different and everything. You just you seem to have a loneliness that people just sometimes don't understand when you're different. Yeah, and I don't just mean gay or this or that, but like there's people who are just different from the people they grew up around and it's a small town and they just don't get you, you know? And so I spent a lot of time in my mom's basement watching Nick at night. Do you even know Nick at night? No. Do you know the cable channel Nickelodeon? Yeah. So Nickelodeon, I think at like 6 PM, it would stop like the SpongeBob's and the, the Rugrats and Hey, Hey Arnold and all that. And they would start and they called it Nick at night. Um, And uh, they would play I Love Lucy and the Dick Van Dyke show and the Mary Tyler Moore show. They would play all these classic sitcoms. You had access to it at that time. That was the only access you had to it. And I remember watching it and just thinking, this is so much fun. This is what I want to do. And that was my entertainment. Like I didn't need to be invited to the parties because... I was at Nick at night having a party every night with Lucille Ball and John Ritter and Mary Tyler Moore and, you know, all these people. But then the way that I wanted to get into it was through theater. And so I auditioned for plays and I did plays in high school and I did, and I went and I got a theater degree in college and I felt that was the way I wanted to do it. And I do like theater, but that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to do television in that way. Um, so I mean, which I would do movies too. Like somebody asked me, "Oh, I was getting new headshots last night," um, and the photographer was like, "So are you? Are you just television or what?" And I said, "No, I will. I will do live shows. I will do movies. I will do commercials. I'll do anything but porn." Yeah. But even if you hire me for the pizza guy in porn, I will think about it. Um, if I don't have to take my clothes off because mm-hmm. no one needs to see that. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is the way that I wanted to go to theater, I wanted to get my degree in theater Mm -hmm. and do stage and everything. But then, as time would go on, it revealed exactly what I wanted to do. And it took me till I was in my 30s to really know. I was like, yep, that. That's the course. That's where, you know, I will deviate from the path wherever I have to. Because when you're trying to make it, I mean, I'm sure it's the same in filmmaking. You know, if somebody asks you to make this movie that is totally different from what you would ever do, You'd say yes, and you'd say, "What can I bring to this? What will no. I bring to this project?" Even though I would never do a rom rom com, mm-hmm. a romantic comedy, sure, that might not be what I want to do, but I will bring Florent cognac to that space, mm-hmm. that space, um, and that's how I am as well. But you know, I now sort of have a clear vision of what I will bring to each project. I mm-hmm. know what my strengths are. Um, do you have, has that happened, started happening to you as, as you go forward or have you always known sort of what, what your path was to go back to, you know, you deviate for this project, somebody asks you to do this, you deviate from there, but you know where your path is going to be when you go back to your own centered artistic self. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, so, um, I have so many things to say to that, but. That's a wonderful thing for a podcaster
1: <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> to hear those words. <laughs> so I, well, to start, uh, uh, so I, my, my path to filmmaking was very complicated because in France, it's very different. The, the film industry in France is not considered as a blessing, but more like, um, like everybody in France would tell you, oh, you want to be a filmmaker? Yeah, that's not a real job. Yeah. Um, that's or do they tell you you have to go to, at least go to England, if not England
0: go go to America.
1: Well, no. No, they don't even... Well, no. They don't really say that. It's just, well, you got to be in Paris. That's it. Um, yeah. So, it, yeah. you got to be there. But Which is such... probably
0: true in France, right? It, it is. It we is. have a few cities where you could do make your name in some things here in America. But in, pa- in France, it would be Paris.
1: Yes. Yes. So, if you want to do um, like uh, commercials, but not really commercials. If you want to do like um, infomercials or like, like promos to mm-hmm. promote whatever business, yeah. you can find in big cities like Asia agencies for that, like marketing agencies. Yeah. But like anything, Leon and other places. Yeah, but anything that is um, commercial TV shows, movies, it's in Paris but the problem is it's such a small industry that it is nearly impossible to mm-hmm. get in. So it's very difficult. And then when you talk to somebody about that, they laugh at you. Mo- not everybody, most of the people laugh at you because well, it's, it's not it's, a real it's, job. It, I mean, it
0: is an unattainable dream in a sense. Like It, it yeah. takes hard work. And I think a lot of people just know that it takes a lot of hard work to get to a space where you then have to be lucky in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. But I know, I'm knowing that for me and for you too, I'm sure you see this that a lot of the work is actually showing up and being ready to work and yeah. being ready to do more than you thought you were going to have to do. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So, so well, no, it's exactly that. So what happens? Sometimes is I
0: have to convince myself that I am still doing the right thing. <laughs> because I get I'm like,
1: it. Ah, what am I doing? I'm not making any money. I, I get it. Trust <laughs> me, I get it. Um, but yeah, no. So so for me, uh, having that in mind, always make made everything more complicated. Mm-hmm. Like you have a couple of film school, but at the same time, you gotta get approved. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to go to public school uh, in France, which is most of the school are publics, um, you gotta you gotta be have a perfect grade, you gotta be in specific sections. Mm-hmm. So before my fourteen before I was fourteen I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I didn't necessarily took the right classes in yeah. order to go towards V schools. Mm-hmm. Never got approved to any of the film school I wanted to. So uh, my parents were like, "Well, listen, um, you know, filmmaking is not really a—it's uh, not a real job. Um, it's not a real uh, industry that you should go to." Really, my parents told me that for one reason—it's because you go get gig to gig, so meaning
0: that there's no safety of. Uh, it's behind. just interesting because we were talking the other day. We were out and about, mm-hmm. and you were telling me that your mom was encouraging you not to get distracted, stay on your path. I'll, it's interesting yes. that she got there. Okay, so what happened
1: is I made a deal with my parents at the time when I was um, when I was 18. So I graduated high school. I got approved to some school, in, in, but to go towards business. Yeah. And my parents told me, listen, you're going to go to that school. You're going to have a degree in business. And then once you finish that, we'll support you financially and, uh, yeah. and anything else you need uh, to go towards. So your you dream. have a business degree as well? So I have a business degree. Huh. And well,
0: I don't tap into that resource nearly enough. Um, but yeah, so
1: because of that, uh, I saw that's how I did. So for two years, I did my degree in business. Um, that's why I met Laura, my friend. By the way, that you met.
0: Oh yeah, Laura. Hey, Laura. Uh, <laughs> Tell her so she has to listen now because I've said hey to
1: her. I will. Um, but yeah anyway so uh, and then when I was doing that I started to do some internship in films mm-hmm. I used that degree what I was yeah. doing that degree to, re- to kind of rebound in, in film Yeah, and then I moved I mean years later I moved here and then now to answer your question about path uh, well so when I moved here and I started to go film school I knew I had to do to engage myself to do more projects Yeah, and so the way it happens for me is I have this idea about this one movie but I'm gonna Start collaborating around. And mm-hmm. then usually either I feel like I can make it yeah, and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the uh, resources, uh, everything I need. Or I'm going to postpone it because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I want to do this, but yeah. I'm not there yet. And yeah. then I'm going to either try to do something else or work on uh, a project. So right, i figure it
0: out. Well, and that's hard because uh, yeah. this sort of ties into my... Episode last week with my friend Sarah, who at some point you'll eventually meet her. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about Broadway shows and like the the nature of bringing Broadway show like stories to be a straight play versus a musical, and then turning it into a musical. Do we need to turn it into a musical? And we were talking about how things we wanted to see come to the stage and be a musical or be a play or. Like, we were talking specifically on movies that were turned into musicals, like Legally Blonde, starring mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, was turned into a musical for the stage in Broadway, and it was pretty okay. successful. And, like, they've done that with other things, with different things, like The Color Purple is one of my favorite musicals, which was a movie yeah. uh, produced by Quincy Adams. Uh, Quincy Adams. That's a president. Produced by Quincy Jones. <laughs> um, and, um. It's interesting because a lot of the things that we, we were sort of fantasizing about was like, I'd love to see this turned into a, mu- a stage show or a musical. And then we would Google it and it was, but it wasn't successful. Mm. And it's like, so that's a gamble. When you have a story that you want to bring to life, it sort of has to have all the mo- the the components have to line up, like, like the alignment of the stars sometimes, or else yeah. you create this beautiful story that no one ever hears and it's always forgotten about because you can't just keep remaking the same movie until someone gives a damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a it's a tricky business. The it show is. the show business that we are in. It is. It is. It, sometimes it feels like there's um, different forces
1: at play. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get a mixture that you kind of go and the in the right direction mm-hmm.
0: in order to make a story happen. Right. Well, and that I think this is a metaphor for everything. Um, that's the joy of improv what I do is that s- sometimes you fail in improv and like in comic co- and stand up comedians they tell you this too like you're going to bomb you're going to get on stage you're going to tell your best jokes and no one's going to laugh mm-hmm. <laughs> and that feels horrible <laughs> Um, and I've, I've had that where I, I think I've got a good idea. I'm strutting out on stage. I'm about to bring this character to life. And I'm like, I have been laughing about this character for days in my head. I think, God, there's a space I can bring it to life. Mm-hmm. I get out there, no one gives a damn about yeah. this character. But the moment that you ha- you're playing with the right people on stage, the energy is flowing between you and the audience is with you. And you're just laughing. I mean, they're just they they're on every word you say. You could say anything, and they would think it's the funniest thing in the world. Those moments when the stars align, that's that's why we do what we do. And I'm sure it's exactly the same way with filmmaking. And that's how people continue to work with each other over and over again because you work with somebody you like to work with, and you're like, well, the stars aligned that time. I know our energy's right. Let's work together again. Yeah. So I agree. I can't. I I can't wait. For the next project from you, so thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you on that. I, I think it, it, it's all about finding the right people to work with someone that's gonna have the same energy as you mm-hmm. to bring on the table, uh, and someone as um creative as you because yeah. usually you could think you have something good, at least it always been like that for me. I think mm-hmm. I have something that works, but then maybe it's just okay, it's not the best. Um, and when someone that you love working with is going to come and say, yes, but if we do that and we add that, this is going to make it twice better. Well,
0: and you just don't know, like you have to follow your instincts. I think when, when you really, really want to bring this story to life, but there's just things that are coming up that just is an obstacle for you. You have to follow your instincts and just say, not right now. Yeah. Someone will pop into my life. Something will happen in my life that will say, now's the time. And you have to follow your instincts every time. Like that's that's interesting to me, the instinctual. Like, we could do another whole podcast about how your instincts influence your work. Yeah. I think everybody, every artist could do a podcast about that. But this is a bit of a short but sweet episode. I just wanted to bring to the listeners, the kinds of conversations you and I have when our respective partners are in the makeup store going hog wild. <laughs> Cause this actually did, we were on a sort of outing the other day um, with Michelle, your girlfriend and Ethan, my partner, he's an esthetician. She's a makeup artist. And they were like, are you coming in? We're like, no, I'm not going into this makeup store with you people. We're going to sit in the car and wait the appropriate amount of time. And then we're gonna call you and be like, It's time to go. But that's in right. that time, these conversations are the conversations we're having. And so I just wanted to bring that to the listeners, but I think it's that's all the time we have for today. So we're gonna come back at some other point and you're gonna beat Michelle in the competition of how many who can be on my show most, and I'll bring you back for another conversation. Sounds good. Thanks for telling us all about your movie making process. Of course. Thank you. And if you want to follow Flo on Instagram, you want people to follow you on Instagram? Yeah, we can. If you want to follow Flo on Instagram, go ahead and give him your Instagram handle.
1: Well, so uh, it's florent um, underscore cognac. So florent, F-L-O-R-E-N-T underscore uh, C-O-R-N-I-L-L-A-C.
0: Perfect. And you can follow me at Kyle L. Henderson as usual. And remember, guys, get your vaccinations. We are losing the battle against the Delta variant. Go out there, get vaccinated, wear your mask when you're asked to. And remember that everything is temporary, even this, if we'll do what we're supposed to do to get it over with. Have a great week.